When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today on Barca Talk, Lionel Messi got his 35th La Liga hat trick against Mallorca. Griezmann and Suarez got in on the action too. Is MSG a thing now? And the next Champions League match is a formality for Barcelona, but decisive for Inter Milan. Hi, welcome to Barca Talk, the podcast for FC Barcelona fans. I'm Brian Henderson, your host in Buffalo, New York. Joining me is your co-host and tactical analyst in Madrid, Gabriel Quiroga. Brian, Brian, my Barca brother from another mother. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing better yeah. than I was on Friday. Good, good. I'm glad. So that's <laughs> We got more members over the weekend, which was uh, very nice. It's still not nearly enough to reach our goals, but we got at least more response so we're we're starting to gather steam i think with our crowdfunding campaign and we will have more to say about that in the future but that's essentially what my entire life is revolving around right yeah, now yeah yeah so, i know i know it's i'm okay yeah that's good no, nothing else to report really yeah how are you i'm good man i'm good it's uh, like right now it is super quiet right now in madrid i mean i I don't know if, you know, usually when we record and stuff, you usually hear cars or si- there's there's nothing going on right now, Brian. Everyone is gone or either sleeping right now because of the weather. It's a little gray and rainy here. But, uh, I mean, yeah, can't complain. It's been a nice, relaxing weekend. Uh, got to hang out with some friends. Actually, after we're recording, I'm going to go to the bar and watch some uh, NFL football. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, normally when we record, I can tell that you're in a city. Yeah. Because I can hear the city sounds out your window. But now, like, for all I know, you're in a bunker <laughs> in the desert of Almeria. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's crazy. It's so funny because, you know, we talked about how, the, you know, it's basically everyone just leaves Madrid, right? Now, some people do. Like, I was in the center yesterday just kind of walking around with a friend of mine just checking out the Christmas lights because it's really cool how they do the Christmas lights here in Madrid. They just put all over, like, in Plaza Mayor and the center and so forth. And it is pretty crowded there because everyone's doing their... Uh, pre-Christmas shopping, essentially. But as soon as I kind of broke into Malasania, because I live in Chambri, there was nobody really. And it's so nice. It's really nice. It's just, you know, it's like living in my own little neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Well, today, you know, we're going to we're gonna scout the Champions League game against Inter. We're going to break down Barca's 5-2 walloping of Mallorca. But uh, just to get into some La Liga action, there are two other matches that I do want to touch on. First of all, Real Madrid, they're keeping the pressure on Barca at the top of the table. They beat Espanyol 2-0, and it wasn't easy for them, but they did manage to pull it through. Yeah, I watched the first half of this. It was funny because I was on Twitter and people were like, oh, Espanyol's looking really good, looking really strong. I was like, okay, here I go. I turn on. As soon as I turn on, Veron scored. And uh, <laughs> one of our listeners, TJ, was like, oh, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty good. But uh, yeah, like you said, it was a tough game. But also, 
you know, Madrid had pretty much control of the match. Espanyol had really didn't have a threat. I mean, they're, this is not a good season for them. And they were looking in the relegation zone now. And that is, yeah. kind of, they haven't been relegated, I think, since the 90s. So this could be a big deal for them. But it, it just goes to show how easily you can lose those spots. Exactly. Exactly. Just drop places and, and now you're fighting for survival. You know, it's funny because, you know, they had the manager last year, Ruby, who was, I think, a really good fit for them, right? We talked about him in a couple, you know, some podcasts about his style and his kind of fit with Espanol. And I think him upgrading to Betis, you know, and Betis hasn't been doing all that great at the beginning. Now they have kind of strung some wins now. And I thought earlier today we're winning 2 nothing. So I think losing him was a big deal because yeah. he knew how to fit the players. He knew the style. He knew the budget. He was a really good fit. He just understood the club really well. And I think uh, the manager they have now there is is just not doing as well. And the players are just not performing to what they did the last couple of years. Yeah. And there's some other funny thing about <laughs> this game that you had to share. Yeah. So uh, on Twitter, too, the uh, Spanish football podcast, they they retweeted a photo about Diego Lopez's uh, new hair tramp transplant, essentially. And they put side by side photos and it was fantastic. And so that started up a banter of like, did he go to LeBron James's uh, hair transplant center? Because I don't know if you know this, Brian, but LeBron gets a lot of flack for his new hair as well. So people uh, were just posting and retweeting photos of the starting 11 of hair transplant for men. And it was amazing. <laughs> it was like, uh, uh, you know, just some random players. And it was fantastic. I just had a lot of fun doing that on the, on Twitter. And who's the coach again from Inter? Uh, Conte. Conte. So Conte, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Conte before when he was playing was losing his hair really badly. And then they put a picture of him as a manager. And he has a full you know, full locks. And it's like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Luscious. <laughs> yeah. And Diego Lopez, he's the goalkeeper at Espanol. Right? Yeah, he's a goalkeeper. He had a pretty good uh, showing. You know, he stopped some pretty crucial saves. But, you know, Madrid, they kind of cruised to this victory. I mean, when they had to, they just made the key plays. Obviously, Benzema and Veron scored. But, you know, for me, again, uh, I'm hopeful, especially with their injury situation and the way we're kind of putting wins together that I think, Leading up to the Classico, it should favor us. Yeah, but that Classico is going to be tight. Correct. Now, the other match that I wanted to touch on from La Liga was the Valencia derby. Valencia versus Levante, which was a 4-2. A win for Valencia, but still two goals for Levante. Levante's really moving up in the world right now. Yeah, they went up. You know, unfortunately, they lost this match, but they were up 2 nothing, And then Valencia scored four unanswered. So... Really good showing for Valencia. Again, it's, you know, I, I only saw the highlights today on the sports show. Uh, it seemed to be a pretty good match. I mean, six goals. Anytime there's six goals, that's a pretty entertaining match. And it's funny because I think this weekend really kind of just uh, showed La Liga's goals and output and style of play because most of the matches have been pretty entertaining this weekend. Right. So as I said, we're going to get into looking at Barcelona, look at the game they had on Saturday against Mallorca. We'll look ahead to their match against Inter. But first, we have to do some business, some podcast business. First of all, we got a really nice review, and I've been so preoccupied with this crowdfunding campaign that I've sort of steered away from uh, talking about our podcast reviews. But we got such a nice one, an unexpected review the other day with the headline, If You Want to Impress Your Barca Boyfriend, this woman, I assume, says... Uh, this podcast has not only made watching La Liga matches more enjoyable for myself because it's always more fun when you have more knowledge, but it's also given me so much ammo, so to speak, to impress my longtime Barca fan boyfriend, 
thank you guys for making me look cooler in the eyes of my boyfriend. Also, I love knowing what's going on in Spain, too. I think it's so interesting to see how the culture plays into the sport. That's that's one of the key advantages we have here. Is since since you're in Spain, you can give us the Spanish perspective. Yeah, I, I read this review and I, and I loved it. I was like, yes, it's it's a great <laughs> review. And uh, I put a smile to my face as well because, you know, like we try to be entertaining you know, we try to give the good information, but also we try to also give the the perspective of what's going on here in Spain. So I think that review captured all of our goals here with the podcast. Yeah. Now we just need to make this person a member. Last two episodes now, and this is only going to continue, uh, we've launched this big crowdfunding campaign to essentially the plan or the idea here is to try and bring in an awful lot of money through Patreon. For the next six months so that we can not ask for money through Patreon anymore. Essentially to try and get enough money to fund us entirely for a full year during which time we will. The plan is to increase the level, the quality, the breadth, the scope of the content, make the show so much better and market it so much more so that we can build our overall reach and audience. That's the idea of the plan. And we were uh, we were talking about this off mic, and one topic that came up is this other podcast that is about Real Madrid. It's very similar to ours in that it's fan-based. It focuses on one club specifically, and uh, for Real Madrid fans, it's called Managing Madrid. And they also fund themselves through Patreon, and they have a total of 655 patrons. They don't say how much they bring in per month. But they do tell us how many patrons they have. And with the growth that we've had, the response that we've had to our campaign over the last week, we got eight new patrons and lost one for a net gain of seven, which is nice. But now we're still only at 57 patrons. So if you compare that with this other podcast, they're doing a whole lot better than us in terms of number of patrons. And I'm not interested in in saying anything negative about that podcast. I have nothing against that show. Um, I do believe, though, that that our show, in terms of quality, is better, audio quality, and in terms of information, is ju- at least just as good. For sure. I mean, I listen to this podcast just because I like to listen to a lot of La Liga podcasts and just kind of get different perspectives. And, I mean, I, I'll put it out there. Our quality is much better, but they're able to go to the matches. And, you know, one of our goals with this campaign is eventually to either have Max or someone else go to the matches, to the mix zone, to give us more content uh, after the matches so far. So, you know, one of our big overall goals is we want to create more content that's directly from the matches from Barcelona. Right. We want to have our people in the mix zone after the game and or in the press conference the day before and all of the, or, you know, and the press room after the match. We want to have our people in there, but that takes a lot more resources than we have now. You know, we clearly have the the skills to weave that together into a really fun, entertaining and informative show. But what we need really is the resources to be able to get people there and a whole lot of emailing back and forth with clubs, as it turns out. Yeah, that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's one aspect. Another thing is, you know, we've had um, journalists and authors on the show before, such as Jonathan Wilson, Andy West, Diego Lorraine, Robbie Dunn. These are all really great people, but they have day jobs doing journalism when they have free time. They're. They're happy to occasionally come on the show and talk. But my thinking is I want to be able to 
essentially commission things from them. I want to commission essays from them for our website and have them on the show to talk about them. But, you know, that takes resources as well. And that would be a really great piece of content that I would love to put on this show. But we just don't have the budget to do that right now. So that's what this whole campaign is about, is to is to really fund the show. Now, we have three tiers of support on Patreon, $2 a month, $5 a month, $8 a month. And all of that is going to end at the end of May. Basically, at the end of May, depending upon how well we've done with this campaign, how much funding we've managed to to get... Either we'll continue with the show or we won't. I What I don't want to do is continue Patreon indefinitely. We want to bring that to an end. We want to bring that to a close. So it is a short-term investment. And let me put this in a certain perspective for you. Last Friday night, Megan and I went out to dinner at, the, at this place in Buffalo that has a game room. And in the game room, you know, they've got pinball, they've got skee-ball, got darts and things. And we played a few games of skee-ball we played a total of four games a piece. Okay. So we each spent $2 playing skee ball. And I documented this on video and putting I'm going to put that on our Instagram story today. So you can just see how easily how easy it is to spend $2. So think of it in terms of skee ball. $2 a month, $5 a month, $8 a month is what we're asking on Patreon. So that would be the equivalent of 4, 10 or 16 games of skee ball a month. When you put it in that perspective, it's like it's nothing. So really all all that's holding anyone back, I I think, is just remembering to take action or just getting that that urgency. And I'm trying to get the urgency across right now is that we need this now and for the next six months and then never again. Yeah. I love it. Four, ten or sixteen, you know? And it's yeah, really just nothing. think of it like like skee ball. I love ski ball. I'm, I'm a ski ball champion, you know. <laughs> yeah. And we put out two episodes a week. So yeah. on your average month, that's eight episodes. Each one is at least 30 minutes long. So that's four hours of entertainment for the price of a few games of ski ball per month. Sure. I mean, the only yeah. thing is we don't give you a giant panda, you know, but uh, as yeah. a price. And we didn't but... even get tickets at this one that yeah. we were playing. This wasn't Chuck E. Cheese style. Gotcha, gotcha. This was purely for entertainment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like like I said, my, you know, our biggest thing is that we want to, you know, create better quality content and just get more resources so we can just have a greater show and just have more direct access to FC Barcelona from here, you know, and so I think we can do that. And hopefully our listeners will click on our link there in the show notes and actually go to our Patreon page and sign up. Yeah, that's the key is that there is a link directly to our Patreon page in the show notes. Just open up your podcast player, go to the show notes, click on tap on that, click on that. It'll take you right there and you can become a new member. Um, And I did a calculation that if we were getting the kind of listenership needed to attract advertisers, which is, again, the ultimate goal in terms of funding is to fund this purely with advertising at the minimum, at the low end. If we had the kinds of listenership that we needed to attract those advertisers, we could be earning about $68,000 a year. To get to that level of listenership, though, we need to invest in the content and the marketing of the show, and that takes money. So to do that right now, what we're trying to do is to get your investment in in us to fund us through one whole year of going about reaching those listenership and thus funding goals. So again, the idea is that it's an investment in the future. Like, do you think that we have the potential? I think we do. I mean, we don't have the resources of Gimlet. We don't have yeah. the resources of um, ESPN. 
Because think about ESPN FC. What's that podcast? All it really is is they just take the audio from a television broadcast and then they put it out as a podcast. I mean, they're ESPN. They have the resources to do essentially anything they want. And now The Athletic has been launching new podcasts as well. Luckily, they haven't launched a Barcelona one that I know of. But if they do, they could destroy us. Yeah. I mean, again, what we're asking, you know, I think is not too much. You know, just like you said, you know, it's a game of skee-ball. And hopefully, you know, the listeners will, like I said, just take the action because ultimately that will, you know, help us to get more content. And more importantly, we'll be able to get direct content after the match. I think that for me is what I really want to strive for and, you know, send someone to go to the mix zone, go to the press conference, and then we can analyze and get more audio from that. And then we can publish that to our listeners. Yeah, and we could even launch a little video series with Gabriel at the whiteboard, you know, really breaking down tactics. We could send you to the uh, Barca. What is it? It's a Yeah, it was the it's, it's part of their innovation hub. They, I got an email about it. And it was about getting tactical certified by FC Barcelona. Yeah. So I mean, it's that's only some, 625 euros. Yeah, it's only that, you know, but I think it would be really cool because to be taught by them and then to be able to translate that and to see that in a different perspective and then utilize that in a video series, I think would be really cool. Yeah. But again, we would need some budget. We need more budget to do that. So we have four more episodes to come out this month. And thank you to everyone who's become a member, a new member and a returning member or a continuing member. But we're still only at 57 patrons. By the end of this month, we need our numbers to be in the in the thousands, but only until May. And then it's done. It's over. That's it. The only question is whether or not we'll return next season or not. If we get the funding, we will. If we don't, we won't. So anyway, let's let's scout this Champions League match that's coming up on Tuesday. This is match day six of Champions League group stage at the San Siro against Inter Milan. And of course, you know, for uh, for Barca, this is consequence free, right? Having already won the top of the group, this is an opportunity potentially to give some of the players who haven't seen time a chance to compete in the Champions League with no worries. I mean, it's like preseason, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the talk here is we'll probably see Neto and goal. The other thing I would like to see is I just want to see all I want to see all subs, you know, right. I, I want to get away from this without any injuries. I want to see Todibo and maybe Umtiti out there. Sure. I want to see maybe Wagu out there. You know, I want to see everyone sub. Not only will it give our bench, you know, some time to just get out there and play, but also they're going to be playing in San Siro. Inter is going to be up for it because they need this victory. And also it's going to give a little pressure to that to the subs, you know, and I think they need that in this kind of atmosphere. And I think it would be really go good for us in the long term. But more importantly, like you said, it's consequence free. So they can play really free if we lose whatever, but at least just let them play the 90 minutes and just be, go come back to Barcelona without any injuries. That's the that's the main uh, goal, I think, for this out for this game. Yeah, because Inter, they really will be competing with Borussia Dortmund, who's playing Slavia Prague on, the, on this match day for second place. So Inter has essentially everything to lose and Barcelona has nothing to lose. So yeah, throw in all those subs. Yeah, definitely. I mean, do the starting 11 players even travel? I mean, that's also the other key, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because I could see, for example, Messi, Suarez, Griezmann, PK, not even get on the flight, you know, sure. they could just do that and just really, you know, bring a Barca B bench with the reserves and I'm all for that, you know, because then I'll make uh, Valverde try to use something creative and 
and really just empty the bench out. I really just want to see that. I don't want to see any starters on this match because I think the way we have been playing, especially last night, the way we showed up, I think it's really important, again, to come away with this without any injuries and just don't use the starters because we have two really important games coming up with Sociedad and the Clasico. Right, so rest the top 11 players now against Inter and then let them go against Real Sociedad next weekend and then they'll be plugged in for the Clasico the following Wednesday and they'll still be essentially rested enough. For sure, and again, you saw you know, with one week of rest how we were able to press last night and I think that's really key, especially against Sociedad's uh, midfield coming up. So again, you know, with Inter, it's not really, you know, we scouted them before. You know, they have Diego Godin back there in the center back. They have Lukaku, and Lukaku's been playing really well recently. And they're going to be up for it. They're playing at home. I think that our reserves are going to be up for it as well because they don't want to be, you know, embarrassed. And so I think they're going to be, you know, a formidable opponent for Inter. But I still think that Inter wins this this match. But also as far as those second-tier players go, such as Alenia, who finally got minutes this last weekend against Mallorca, I think he should definitely start this match. They have something to prove to Valverde, which sure. is give me give me minutes. I can yeah. do this. Yeah. yeah. Put me in, coach. Yeah, put me in. Put me in, coach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, again, we saw Alenia come into the match last night. You know, I hope he starts, you know, and if he gets some more minutes, you know, that'll help with his confidence, especially leading up to the Copa del Rey campaign that'll start next season, essentially. Uh, the other thing, too, for me, Brian, is to watch out for Inter striker. Lautaro Martinez, because there's a lot of rumors swirling about him coming to the Camp No in the next coming seasons because he's young, he's kind of cheap, he's 22, he's Argentinian, and he could be a replacement for Suarez. That's what they're saying. That's what the rumors are here, especially on Twitter as well. And he has been playing really well with Lukaku up top. So that's something you can look forward to. So imagine him in a Blaugrana, you know, that's, okay. that's who it is. Yeah, so that's the player you want to look for. I already think we already have a number nine for Suarez in Griezmann, but, you know, how people want the next sexy thing, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because where would that put Griezmann? Exactly, and that's the thing, you know. Uh, the other thing, too, is the money we've already spent in Griezmann, you know. The buyout clause for Martinez, I think, is a lot cheaper. I think it's in 50 or something. I don't know. It's pretty cheap, though. I think just to watch him play and to see how he links up, could you see him as a future Barca player? Right. Yeah. Well, next up, we'll break down the Showtime performance. 5-2 against Mallorca in La Liga. All right, it's showtime, baby. It's showtime. <laughs> Let's do it. So on Saturday, La Liga match day 16. Stayed at the top of the table in competition with Real Madrid with a 5-2 win. You know, when we scouted this on Friday, you were calling for a walloping. That was your mm-hmm. word. You, you, you were expecting a walloping, and you got one. So I a did. 5-2 win. A little disappointing that we gave up two goals, but... A hat trick for Messi, a goal for Griezmann, and a goal for Suarez. Yeah, and all the the news and newspaper were calling it showtime last night because, Brian, we did get some of that swagger back. I mean, I think last night was the first match that I really enjoyed watching in a long time. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those matches, and I even watched it again this morning, the first half, and that's that hasn't happened in a long time where I was looking forward to seeing the plays, the the movement, the passing, and what we actually did. And I don't know, again, you know, I have two theses from this match, Brian. All right, you ready for number one? Yeah, let's get into it. Messi is good. That's number huh. one. Okay. Controversial. And controversial. But number two, <laughs> more importantly, the real thesis of this is Rakitic on the right means success for the team. And that's simple as day because, again, Rakitic started on the right. 
But I, I really watched him this morning when I was watching replay. And the way he covers for Sergio Roberto, because of all that experience and all the games they played together, I would also say that Sergio Roberto's performance last night was one of his best of the season. And it's because he has confidence to go up knowing that Rakitic is going to cover him in the middle. And also Rakitic on the right side plays well with Messi. And how many times was he an outlet for Busquets very quickly where he just shifted play and all of a sudden we were attacking, you know? So for me, you know, we talked about, you know, why wasn't Valverde using Rakitic? And I really hope he doesn't transfer him in January because you can see when he's on the right side, the link up with Roberto, the coverage he does, it's not sexy, right? It's not a sexy thing he does because it's not flashy. Yeah. But when you watch, if you really watch his movement and what he does, he's a perfect link up for Busquets. Busquets trusts him really well. Messi trusts him. And also he's there to press on defense because how many balls did he win back? I mean, he won, and especially in the first 20 minutes, he won like three or four balls back. He was pressing high. On the right side, Brian, he's a completely different player than when he's playing the pivot. And that's really, you've said it before, that's where he's at his best. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, when we won the, the last Champions League, he was there on the right as well. And he he just knows, he he knows the system, you know, the 4-3-3 system really well. More importantly, the players trust him, right? I mean, how many times was Roberto going forward? And the defense was caught off all the time because they weren't expecting that because on film, Roberto hasn't done that lately. But when Rakitic is there, he knows that Rakitic is going to defend him. You know, one of the things when you're playing, Brian, is like as a midfielder or attacker is like, OK, you do the run, but you always have to come back. Right. If you don't get the ball, you got to come back and do the right and play defense. Right. Whereas Rakitic is really OK with Roberto making those runs because he can cover and he just understands. And as soon as Roberto comes does the run Rakitic is not doing the run so there isn't that void right so Rakitic is always defensively thinking about the spacing and so forth so for me that's a huge thing is the Rakitic uh involvement especially in the last three games and I don't think it's any coincidence that he has started and we've played much much better uh not only possession wise but also just in our attacking overall and it does remain sort of a mystery as to why he wasn't playing well he was playing hardly at all up until a couple weeks ago Yeah, it's still a mystery. And, and, you know, you can just see in his body language, too. I think now that he's starting, he's more engaged. He's more into it. I mean, we saw in a couple games where he came as a sub, he kind of just was going through the motions. I mean, that's what it looked like for me. But now that he's starting, he even said in the press conference afterwards that he's a lot happier that he's getting starting minutes and actually contributing directly to victories for Barcelona. Yeah, and especially with his history, where last season he was among the most used, if not the most used player by Valverde. I mean, he was at least close to the very top of the minutes chart. And this season, he's nearly at the bottom. When you've gone to that place and now you're suddenly you're getting no minutes, it can be really demoralizing versus when you're still a young up and comer and you're fighting for minutes. It's a little different because you haven't been to the promised land yet. You don't know how sweet it is, but Rakitic does. So when he wasn't getting minutes, when he's coming on as a sub, it loses its uh, luster. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, you know, for me, I mean, just go on YouTube and just look at Rakitic's important goals. I mean, everyone kind of forgets that he has been an important role to this or player to this team through different victories in Classico, Champions League final and so forth. Again, I understand that he's a bit older now. He's not as fast as he used to be. Now, again, it always goes back to the same issue with our midfield. You have to manage the minutes. And he came off on the 71st, which is great. 
But again, I don't want to see him play against Inter. You know, I want he needs to be fresh against the next two opponents because those are going to be the most important matches going away to the second half of the season. Now, about the attacking partnership, it does seem like there's um, there's more fluidity, more sure. understanding between Messi, Suarez, and Griezmann. And already on the in the press here in the states, at least, they're starting to refer to them as MSG. Of course, that's referring to the the prior partnership of Messi, Suarez, and Neymar, which was MSN. The question I have is, is MSG really a thing yet? Is Griezmann really plugged in with the other two at this point? I mean, it's it's getting better every game, especially in the last three games. I don't think it's there yet, but I think definitely this is the best uh, performance of the three of them working in tangent together and on the same page. And, you know, it's interesting because one thing I really noticed is when Barcelona was on defense... Griezmann was all the way out to the left and really spacing and keeping that space. But when we had the ball, he was everywhere. And also Messi was as well. So I think that's the new wrinkle in this is that, you know, for example, Suarez is still going to be up the middle. But now Griezmann is going to be able to free flow anywhere he wants because there were times he was on the right side. I mean, you look at his heat map from yesterday and it's all along the box, which is great. I love to see that because that means that he is playing. And not thinking, you know, and you could just see it last night, the way he was linking up. I mean, he gave the first assist to Messi on the right side. That just tells you the positioning. But most importantly, to allow this to happen, Brian, is because the midfield behind them is disciplined and staying packed and not going back uh, going forward. Right. So now how is Suarez playing into this? You know, I still think he needs to be a sub. I mean, he had a really fantastic performance last night. But again, he's going to have. This type of performance, I think, like every four matches where he was fully plugged in for a lot, a major portion of the game. But, for example, Suarez last night was really busy occupying the two center backs. And when he pushed up, that allowed the space behind him where Griezmann and Messi were crisscrossing and being able to free flow as much as possible. And then you enter De Jong and Rakitic behind there and then Roberto and Firpo on the flanks. All of a sudden you have a lot of options. And for me, that was the big key. You know, Suarez was more active and especially there was a great uh, picture on Twitter. I don't know if you remember on the on a dead ball foul where he just jumped in the air like Superman. (laughs) I don't know if you remember that, but people were just blowing up on that. He basically jumped himself to pretend like he got fouled again. But other than that play, I think Suarez was pretty good. Obviously, we're going to talk about his golasso. But more importantly, you know, he is like the power forward of this trio. Like he just has to occupy the two center backs, give that space where Messi and Griezmann behind them can free flow and attack and improvise because that ultimately is going to lead to more goals because that's unpredictability, right? So again, we saw last night with Messi's goals, but more importantly for me, that Messi is starting to get more confidence with Griezmann and also like Griezmann just is not waiting for the ball anymore on the left side by himself. He's taking action. He's going to get the ball from the middle. He's going going to the right side to go get it. So he was really active last night. Yeah. And Messi did get a hat trick in this. So he scored three of the five goals. And now he's back in the golden boot race with a total of 12. And uh, he's now the all-time leader in La Liga hat tricks. He surpassed Ronaldo. He was tied with Ronaldo at 34 uh, not too long ago. And now he's surpassed him at 35. And now sky's the limit. Messi's going to go down as the greatest La Liga player ever with all the records that he's smashing. Think about it, bro. I mean, both Ronaldo and him with the amount of hat tricks is insane. It's insane because 
first of all, just to score two goals in a match is considered, you know, one of the great moments of your life as a striker and so forth. On top of that, a hat trick, you know, and then on top of that, 35. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's like 100 <laughs> goals right there, you know, just in that, that statistic. It's insane. And obviously, we're going to break down the goals. But, man, I mean, like for me as a former wannabe professional player that I wanted to be my whole life, every time I watch him and see the things he does, I'm just so in awe. And I it just further just tells me that he's the best player I've ever seen. Yeah. It's also so weird to see him interact with other players like he's just a normal guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he is. He is yeah, just a yeah. man at the end of the day. And at, you know, once the final whistle blows, he's just a guy. And, you know, he presented his Ballon d'Or uh-huh. to the crowd and his three boys brought it out. And I, I love him and his kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how can you not? Right. They just they're so cute. And the other thing, too, Brian, remember we talked about last episode about Griezmann going to Paris with the with the players. You know, I'm not going to equate it just to that one moment, but you can just see the relationship getting better between not only Messi, but the Suarez as well. They're having more confidence. It's looking really good. I don't know if this is the same type of game if we equate back to the MSN moment where all three of them were celebrating the goal against Celta that one time. But this could be a turning moment. And I really like the way that Griezmann has adapted. And again, we always knew he was going to come around because he is a world-class player, but such a good player. And watching him play last night, the way he was pressing, moving, passing, and scoring the first goal, I mean, it was a thing of beauty. Yes, well, let's briefly break down each one of the goals, particularly ours, because all five of them were beautiful in their own way. You know, just as you had hoped, it was a big win. Barca were scoring goals for fun in the first half. They let off on the gas in the second, but then Messi did get that hat trick in with the his 83rd minute goal that put the scoreline at 5-2. But going back to the beginning, it starts with Griezmann in the seventh minute with an assist from Ter Stegen, his second assist of the year, just sending the ball downfield on a goal kick into space for Griezmann to run onto. I mean, this thing is a beauty. I don't know what she liked more, the assist or the goal, you know? You know how much I love chip goals, and Ter Stegen was able to spot it. He was able to get a really nice bounce in between the two defenders that sprung Griezmann and Griezmann at first I thought he took a heavy touch on the last one but it turned out to be a really good one where he just chipped the the keeper opened up the scoring and it was game on yeah and then in the 17th minute Messi gets his first with the assist from Griezmann Messi just took a step with the ball outside the box and he kind of put it in like one of his free kicks I mean Brian this I mean anyone that's played right like you know the distance from where he scored And for me, the camera angle of the way they showed that goal was so impressive because it just shows you the bend. And the keeper was in position. He's in the center looking for the for the ball. But like you said, he is so good with these angles. It's incredible because you think about it. Most players are just going to try to blast that ball. But he just caressed it and he just makes it look so simple. And it's so difficult to see what he did. And it was like a free kick. It was a thing of beauty. And then in the 41st minute, he gets his second goal. This time, Rakitic recovered the ball on a bad pass, and that triggered a counter with Messi and Suarez running out ahead of him. Rakitic sends it out wide to Suarez, back in for Rakitic. He feeds it to Messi in the box for the finish. Yeah, it was a nice little turnaround, too, from Messi to get square and then hit that shot again. He did the same angle. But also, if you watch that again, Griezmann does the through run 
to occupy the center back, which gives Messi that little space to make that shot. And again, he doesn't miss there. Obviously, after this goal, you're just like, it's game over. Right, right. But Suarez had something to say before halftime. In the 43rd minute, he scored with a back heel chip. And really, you got to hand it to De Jong, mainly working off Sergio Roberto, because De Jong's run and then his assist, playing it off of Sergio Roberto, he put it all together. And then Suarez's finish was anything but lumpy. We've called Suarez lumpy a number of times this season because he's been looking a little lumpy in a lot of times, but at this moment, he was anything but. He was smooth mashed potatoes. I mean, this is a classic Barca goal. Just if you watch it again, the distance between the players running and the passing, again, Dijon starts it, gives it to Busquets, Busquets gives it back to him. But for me, again, it's the finish, right? Like, how does he even think to even just back heel it you know at first the commentators here were thinking that he was back healing as a pass but then when i was watching i screamed because i was like what did i just see for a second like to even dare to do a back heel pass in a game and then to convert on it i mean the for me this was one of the best goals of the night just because of the interlinking play of everyone we haven't seen this type of passing in such a long time where the person giving the ball continues the move, receives it back, gets the pass, and back and forth. So for me, this was an epic goal. Even Suarez after the game said it was his best goal of his career. I was like, relax, Suarez. I mean, it was a golasso, but the moment, I'm sorry. Like, you've had better goals in different moments, higher end moments, you know, maybe in a World Cup or in Champions League for me. But, yes, this I would say this is a top four goal of his, but... Again, it's against Mallorca, but great. You know, I, I love to see that everyone was involved and everyone got on the score sheet. Yeah, yeah. And then in the second half, they definitely came out looking to just see the game out, not yeah. not pushing very hard for any more. Um, and you do have to give Mallorca and particularly Budimir their due. They had their moments of solace. They had a, a goal in the 36th minute and in the 64th minute, both for Budimir. Good on them, but you, clearly the game was in hand. And they weren't trying that hard. They weren't trying to be heroes. But then in the 83rd minute, with an assist from Suarez, Messi finished off that hat trick. And that made the scoreline 5-2. I mean, again, it's all with Sergio Roberto, too, man. He was so involved in this match. Again, like I said, because of Rakitic's cover, he was able to dive bomb that right side. And for me, again, Suarez actually had a really nice assist there. He deadened the ball, laid it up for, for Messi, and Messi one-timed it basically in the upper 90. I mean, the thing was so quick the keeper doesn't he barely looks up and it's already in the back of the net you know and it was just a great finish so again 35th hat trick I mean my lord like and it's just going to keep going because he's going to have opportunities like this my only minor complaint of this game is just the defensive intensity but I realize that when you're up 3-1 4-2 this type of thing it's natural to let it go I just still think we have lapses there where we just invite the other team to just attack and have overall possession. Right, and that can start to be habit-forming, and that's yeah. fine against Mallorca, but it causes problems against Sociedad, Real Madrid, yeah. uh, Granada, yeah. <laughs> Osasuna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you put it there, like it starts to become habit-forming. You don't want to do that. For example, on that first goal uh, that Budimir scored, you know, obviously it was a fluke because it got deflected. But again, it's just being tighter on defense and man marking it wasn't anything spectacular it was just a normal through ball into the box and long lay again went to ground and to me i don't think he should have the angle is so difficult to get anything off of that that all he had to do was just press him 
and Ter Stegen had this, the, the near post covered. Again, it was fluky. It scored. But again, we have these little defensive lapses that we still need to tighten up. But again, we got our swagger back. Can't complain too much. It was a lot of fun to watch the match. Yeah. All right, so we will be back on Friday to break down the intermatch and Scout Real Sociedad in full for the weekend. Barca Talk is a production of Sounded Media, written by Gabriel Quiroga and Brian Henderson, produced by Brian Henderson, social media and promotion by Two Point Go. Until next time, Visca Barca. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.